In today's episode, guys, we're going to be talking all things hamstring training for hockey players and giving you some benchmarks to try to aim for to help to reduce the risk of hamstring injury for you so that you can keep yourself on track and not getting injured because it's a very common injury in hockey and it's important we've got the right information in place so that we've got clear targets to aim for, clear benchmarks and also a clear idea of why these things are happening in the first place. So if we start with the problem, the hamstring is a risk area in field hockey owing to the low positions, okay, because you're always low to the ground with the stick trying to hit the ball or tackling, for example. And what that does is it places the hamstring under more relative load because of greater hip flexion. So you can see in this image here, the players just um, slap the ball and naturally that creates more hip flexion. And because of the increased hip flexion, which means the trunk leaning forward relative to the thigh, the hamstring... Um, at the back of the leg is going to undergo more load, which therefore puts it at more risk. And because of this repetitive action, it tends to put more load there, which can, again, increase the risk of injury. It plays a really important role, the hamstring, in um, deceleration, so deceleration of the knee, but also in propulsion, so in acceleration, it plays a really key role as well, and just in general knee health. So it's a very important muscle group, and it's made up of three different muscles, and its nature is that it actually crosses two different joints. So it crosses the hip and the knee. So it's what's called a biarticular muscle and it plays a couple of different roles. Therefore it extends the hip and it flexes the knee. And so because of these different factors, it can cause um, greater amounts of load, greater demand at the hamstring. So it's important that you're doing the right things to make sure you're not getting injured. It also hockey it also involves a large amount of high speed decelerations which are particularly demanding on the hamstring so as you can see here in the image players have decelerated quite quickly to change direction in response to change the direction of the ball might have been intercepts might have been um you know change of uh, change of direction of play whatever it might be but there's actually a significantly higher number of high speed decelerations when compared with high speed accelerations in hockey so it's more important that you can slow down than it is that you can speed up. It's all well and good putting loads of focus on trying to get yourself as quick as possible. But if you're not also focusing on being able to stop, so having that what's called eccentric strength in the hamstrings, um, you will again put yourself at more risk if you're able to get to top speed really, really, really well, but can't stop. Well, that's obviously going to put yourself at more risk. It's like having, again, an analogy of a car that's got you know massive horsepower, but the brakes are faulty. Um, probably not going to end very well. So it's important to have that foundation of good deceleration and control, which again, safeguards against injury from either a really quick deceleration or just these repetitive low positions that you're going to have to get yourself into on the pitch. So the solution is step one to assess, don't guess. And what I mean by that is too many times I see players um, basically not testing the hamstrings. They don't really know if the hamstrings are in a good position or not. And then hamstrings are pinging left, right and center just because they're not um, actually doing the necessary work to allow themselves to know, okay, are my hamstrings strong enough or they're not strong enough? What part of um, my screening is, you know, my weakness? Is it, as we'll look at, is it the bridge? Is it the Romanian deadlift? Is it the Nordic? You know, what is it that's currently stopping me from, um, you know, achieving my potential and what's holding me back from, from a hamstring perspective? In the research a number of years ago now, there was research done in um, Aussie rules football and what they found was that um, there was a significant deficit in pre-season single leg bridge on the right side for players that subsequently sustained a right side hamstring injury. So in other words, players who um, later got injured had a significant deficit of their score on that side. 
And they also found that players who'd had a previous injury also had lower scores. So what we could take from that is players who have poor scores could either have been injured before or are more likely to get injured in the future. But overall, the risk is higher if your scores are down on a single leg bridge. What they found was that a threshold of around 25 reps um, on both sides was a kind of marker against future hamstring injury. And also players who hadn't had a previous injury achieved these kind of scores. So as we'll look at, a good benchmark to try and achieve as a general rule of thumb for hockey players would be to be able to achieve 25 single leg bridge repetitions because as we know, that's going to reduce the risk of future injury because that means the capacity of that muscle group to extend the hip is adequate. Now, obviously the more the better, but if you can try to keep that at a least 25 reps, that's a really good thing. So the solution is three different categories of hamstring exercise. We've got bridge variations like this. It's like an isometric hold in a bridge. So we can load the tissues in that extended hamstring position and also at different joint angles. We're training the strength at different angles of strength. Um, the key thing really on this exercise is that you want to make sure you're doing lots of work at a extended knee position. So not just in short lever position, but when the foot is slightly away from you and the knees extended, it's important you get plenty of work in that kind of position because actually when we're doing high-speed decelerations, that tends to be the position that you find yourself in. The second one is a hinge variation like this. And the important thing here is that we're trying to train strength through the posterior chain. Um, and we're just trying to get this control here as we're going down in the bottom here. We're getting, again, into similar positions. We're going to find ourselves on the pitch with lots of hip flexion and therefore the hamstrings are undergoing more load than otherwise would do. So it's important we can A, increase the strength in hip flexion and B, increase the control through our lower back and trunk as we're hitting these positions because if we haven't got the control to do that, then we're also going to put the lower back under more stress as well. So that's the second category. And the third category is Nordics. And Nordics are a really effective exercise for training eccentric control, eccentric strength of the hamstring group. And the main thing here to say is that because it's a supramaximal exercise, which means um, it's your hamstrings are undergoing more load than you can produce because it's um, your your body weight essentially um, having to be controlled through through knee flexion there. It's quite an advanced movement. So it wouldn't be something you'd want to start off using, but you've already built up to once you've done those kind of more rudimentary exercises like isometrics and Romanian deadlifts as well. So finally, then just to give you some benchmarks on this, a single leg bridge would be 25 reps or above. And the reason for that is, as we've said already, the Freckleton paper suggests that players achieving less than 25 would be at higher risk. Remaining deadlifts, it would be a one and a half times body weight um, target. So in other words, if you're 80 kilo athlete, being able to achieve 120 kilos for a single rep would be good. And then finally, um, Nordics, which is the exercise we looked at last, above four newtons a kilo. So if you're um, again, an 80 kilo athlete, then 320 newtons would be a, a kind of good sort of threshold benchmark. Obviously, the more, the better. And at the elite level, you do even see players hitting seven, sometimes eight newtons a kilo. But that gives you a kind of rough starting point. And the final one is 10% asymmetry. So what we want to make sure is that we don't have big differences between the left and the right side. As we've alluded to earlier in that Freckleton paper, if you have much, much greater capacity on one side than the other, then you're going to put one side at more risk than the other.